0: That's heritageradionetwork.org/15 to donate and enter to win today, and make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode of Cooking Issues is brought to you by Bob's Red Mill, an employee-owned company that has been offering organic stone-ground products for decades. Their flours and whole grains are the highest quality and are minimally processed in their stone mill in Oregon. Visit bobsredmill.com to shop their huge range of products. Use the code COOKING25 for 25% off your order. That's COOKING and then the number 2 and the number 5 for 25% off your order.
2: I'm Suther Teague of Amoria Margo and co-host of The Speakeasy right here on Heritage Radio Network. You know, my favorite thing to do every week is to come here and be on the show. I have lots of jobs. I'm a very busy person, um, and I do this because I love it. I get to sit down and talk to all my heroes for about an hour every week. It's incredible. And I hope that you enjoy it, making a great effort to share with you. And we'd like you to share back with us. It's our summer fundraiser, and we'd love for you to donate uh, at heritageradionetwork.org forward slash donate. You can click on the beating heart, and you can even choose shows that you'd like to donate to specifically. And you can also choose a recurring monthly uh, gift. Uh, And for all that, we'd be greatly appreciative. Thank you
3: so much.
1: She's coming to you live on the Heritage Radio Network every Tuesday from roughly 12 to like, I don't know, 12:45, I don't know, like 1 o'clock. From Virtus Pizzeria in Bushwick. Brooklyn! <laughs> Joined as usual with Nastasia the Hammer Lopez. How you doing, Good. Stas? We got Dave in the booth. Dave, how you doing? Good. And America's favorite punching bag <laughs> father.
2: <laughs> oh, God.
1: Peter Kim.
2: I'm like. I feel like this. I'm that guy in WWF when they comes out, like everybody just boos. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, You're the, the, watch out
4: for the metal chair. Uh,
2: and I'm some, and I, 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 act oblivious to it and go around and pump my fist there, nonetheless, <laughs> yeah. even though all the kids are like,
1: boo, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eat it up, Peter Kim, boo. <laughs> so, which wrestling character are you? I don't know. You need to look up the most
2: um, hated. Let's see who is the who was the most hated
1: one. When I was a kid, it was the Sheik was pretty hated. Yeah,
2: the Sheik. That's old school. That's a, yeah. that's an older. That's later though. I'm You're thinking dating more yourself. More the Randy Savage Hulk Hogan era. No Sheik was of Jake the Snake that. Roberts. Like
1: yeah, but like yeah, so like uh, wasn't Rowdy Roddy Piper was a heel, wasn't he? But yeah. people liked him, but he was a heel, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, there was a point at which well Hulk Hogan's been on both sides, right? So he, yeah, he yeah, flipped yeah. over. yeah sure sure yeah yeah. Are you
1: Hollywood Hulk?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, my uh, spandex uh, yeah, underwear yeah. says so. Yeah, yeah, Oof. yeah. But
1: like, are you good enough? Or do you Family have show, to, Peter. Do you have to pre-perf everything so that it rips That's off right. properly? <laughs> That's a trick. Like, if you if you got the real muscles, you don't need to pre-perf your clothing yeah. to rip it off. It just rips off. I Me, like, I have to put snaps up the side of my pants to get that to work.
2: I like the image of Hollywood Hogan before each match, like meticulously like snipping out little pre you know, pre-perf in his shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah. get it right. I've got to
1: get this right. I've got to get this right. got to rip it in exactly the right places. <laughs> um, so, Peter, you, uh, and Dave, you will enjoy this story about Nastasia Lopez that she doesn't even know I'm going to tell.
2: Ooh, Ooh, juicy. Getting ready. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So check this out. So, like, there was a business, was a business, called the name of the business. First of all, as listeners of this show will know, somehow if you ended up at this podcast and don't know what's going on, like, I'm sorry for you. Yeah, apologies. Yeah, but uh, Nastasia and Mark Ladner opened a quick service pasta restaurant called Pasta Flyer, where my son happens to be working at this very moment.
5: <laughs> He's rolling
1: meatballs. Oh well, apropos of the story, remember, did, we, did, we, did, we, did we tell the story? <laughs> did we tell the story about uh, when he had to peel the garlic?
3: And he started crying.
1: And he started crying <laughs> and like and like you know like jabbering in Spanish about how he hated peeling the garlic. And he thought that, like, the whole restaurant was only going to do one quart of garlic. So then, as soon as he finished that quart... He was so, like, I'm done. Someone was like, shaboom. <laughs> gave him the yeah. next quart. And he's like, "That!" Ah, apparently, <laughs> to the merriment of everyone around him. Yes. Um, anyways. So, I walked by. And so, like on the sa- literally the same block was another startup Italian quick serve concept called Meatball Obsession. P.S., meatball obsession, it says home of meatball in a cup. I didn't realize, first of all, this wow. was a phenomenon that it could be a home of, but let's just say, right, meatball in a cup phenomenon. Anyway, unfortunately for them, they, they closed, but Nastasia, low-quality individual <laughs> oh, that <yes>. she is. <laughs>
5: mm-hmm. how do
1: you know it was me? Oh, come on. So I'm walking past there today on the way uh, up from the bar, more on that later. I'm walking on my way up to the thing, and... <laughs> And for any, like, what's funny is, is that people on the street might think this is genuine. Only you, true listeners <laughs> of Cooking Issues, will know where this comes from. There's a pasta flyer notice plastered like, like, like a band, like, like a band is coming to play at Webster Hall. There's a freaking plasters of pasta flyer notices, and here's what it says: We miss our neighbors too. <laughs> <laughs> Need meatballs? Come to Pasta Flyer.
4: Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 Deep. Deep. Oh, man. Deep, 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 deep. The thing
1: deep. is,
3: Mark wouldn't let me post it. And he's like, unless it's nice. And I was like, okay. And so.
1: And Nastasia, I guess in her mind, it. she's like, obviously not obsessed with meatballs enough. <laughs> obviously not enough.
2: So Nastasia is the kind of person who goes looking for a new apartment in the obituaries.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> hey, look. I got to be honest, when I a new wardrobe. when I when I you know that's how I got into the Manhattan that's how I was able to purchase a, an apartment in Manhattan was l- literally posted looking for dead people and found one.
2: Jackals, all you of know? you. The whole lot of you.
1: <laughs> well, look, here's the thing. There's only so many slots here in Manhattan, and you know what? One of the ways you get one of those slots is somebody dies. We all do it. Yeah, it's the I mean? circle of life. Yeah, it's the circle of rent. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? It's like, like or, or, you know, whatever. Yeah, so we... we I would
4: love to stumble on a dead person's Manhattan apartment.
1: Well, so here's how Send it works. Here's how it works. What you have to do is you have to find a neighborhood that is uh, in transition, right? So, like, a family-style neighborhood where an entire... Because a lot of neighborhoods in, Ma- in in Manhattan, all of New York, are built up around communities. And the community grows up, lives... And dies in that community. A lot of times, though, the children from a particular generation will start moving to a new community. This is like the succession of neighborhoods, which, Peter, actually, you could talk about if you want how that affects food and food and culture. It's one of the major aspects of New York City life, is how these communities can move typically from lower Manhattan areas. Or, you know, in specific now hotspots in Brooklyn and Queens, and then they radiate to different neighborhoods as they become more affluent, et cetera, et cetera. David's like,
4: updating the power broker on the spot for us.
1: Anywho, so my whole neighborhood uh, changed, uh, and all of who used to live in in my neighborhood in lower Manhattan has moved to Williamsburg. Uh, And so... When that when the parents of those people die, as they started to do in great numbers in uh, in the early two thousands, late nineties, early two thousands, up until today, all those apartments come up for sale because none of the kids want to live there. They're all living with their own families in right. Williamsburg, and so <coughs> they're for sale and they're not going into the family. And that's how stuff works here. You gotta yeah. you know find the next neighborhood where you know people have moved elsewhere, and when they die, they're like. Do you want to live in Ma's apartment? No, <laughs>
0: just cash
1: out, get the money. We'll split it. We'll split it among the three of us. Yeah. Thanks, Ma. That's you right. You know what I mean. That's how. That's how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, meatball obsession. We, like miss me. <laughs> we miss our neighbors too. We miss our neighbors too. And Nastasia all the time is like, meatball obsession, meatball obsession, meatball
2: obsession. So can we take a moment to congratulate Dave yes! on the opening oh, of gracious. The conditions?
1: We are finally open.
2: Finally open. I, I, that was the most asymptotic bar opening.
1: No, Wait, you know what? that's a word? Well, that's it's, the an, word? it's anticip- asymptotic. Well, the, the, the assumption there is we would all never right, actually college open. Boy. Yeah, that these, was my hope. These, the, the joke on <laughs> asymptotic is that you never actually reach it. Yeah. So, like, in the limit, towards infinity, we open, but that we You're never actually You're always taking
2: one tiny to... step closer, but never
4: I being. thought the joke was going to be putting the ass back in asymptotic. Oh.
2: oh. Nice. Somebody should put him on the show. You're welcome.
1: Nice, Dave. Uh, he is on the show. Yeah. Oh, I
3: see. That's a good
1: word. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, anyway,
2: congrats. And uh, uh, for what it's worth, I mean, I went on Friday, and it was amazing. My, uh, that's Seriously. a lie. Peter,
1: Peter, oh. is a <laughs> Peter is a good friend. Peter, Peter go is a good friend. Unlike Nastasia, Peter is a good friend.
3: You did go on Friday. It was not amazing.
1: Yes, it was. Really. The, the
2: drinks were amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The, okay. that, yeah. People, okay. people, let's talk about this. People, people, <laughs> friends and family, if, if you're doing a, a restaurant or a bar, please, like uh, friends and family is so important. Our ticket times were ridiculous. Like the ticket times were just bonkers. Our POS system wasn't up and running. Um, yeah, so the f- the first day of friends and family, I can't believe we only did two days of friends and family. I would like to do more. Look, everything's a a mix, right? It took us so long to open, as Peter said, asymptotic opening. Oh, you'll enjoy this. I'll tell you after. But like asymptotic opening, um, it took so long to open and we're burning through like personnel and money. Nastasia, you're familiar with this, right? <laughs> and so, And so then you're like, okay, well, how many days of friends and family do you want to do? Because then you're burning through wages, like, hard wages, and not just, like, prep wages, but hard wages and product. I brought my own. And are such a terrible person. Wow.
3: <laughs> really? You I brought go. your own
1: wine? Oh, my God. For day Only two. Only you. It's the worst. You know what? The, it's, like, almost like... I saved you product. It's almost like... <laughs> Maybe
2: everybody should have done that. Come to <laughs> yeah. conditions with their own wine.
1: Yeah, yeah. The corkage fee is I hit you over the head with the bottle. <laughs> exactly. But the... uh the thing about it is, uh I think if Nastasia was like like a normal, civil person, no one would know what to do. True. You know, like, if she, if she, literally on Friday, she came in and ordered wine and so beat the server down that he rung it in, even though we had no wine wow. in the building.
2: Wow. Because our yeah. wine
1: order didn't come <laughs> until yesterday morning.
2: Impressive. She also... Heard, oh, kitchen slammed. We'll have one of everything, please. <laughs> I know.
1: Uh, I came to the table and she's like, What'd you get? She's like, One of everything. I'm like, You would. You would. Well,
3: because I knew it wasn't all going to come. They were going to forget. So we were going to get some.
1: Which is. The <laughs> oh, so you take the kitchen down with tickets? No. Yeah. The kitchen, like, anyway, the point also is, is that in friends and family, it's harder because in a, in, a, in a restaurant, the assumption is everyone's going to have a full meal. So people order stuff. The kitchen's prepared for that. At the bar, the assumption is you're only going to do about 25% of your sales in food. But in a friends and family, people overorder food. So the food ticket times get, you know, get... You know, we, 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 we soaked the kitchen in blood and then wrung it out that night. You know what I mean? In terms of, like, just slamming it. And um, compared to the first night where people were actually spending money there, like it was a lot smoother, yeah. a lot smoother. But anyway, but also you know we spend so much time doing our like you know cold wells and cold plates and carbonation and all that like tasimal stuff that you know it's it was hard for us to fit in like the normal staff training like here's how here's how the ticket prints you know here's yeah, yeah. how the you know, all the stuff and all that stuff's super important your pos goes down which you know point of service which also stands for the, I just always in my head when I say POS, I'm thinking
2: yeah, piece of
1: yeah, piece of shivo, you know, sack of shivo, and I'm like, you know, the it's like if that thing goes down, the customer experience is totally ruined, and they don't know, they don't know why, you know, like if you've never worked in a restaurant before, or never had to use a POS system before, and you
3: hear our POS is down, you're like, I don't know,
1: what does that mean? I don't care, <laughs> I don't care, like you know what I mean, but like. Or you're like, why can't you? Why can't you put fifteen dollars on mine and thirty-two eighty-five on on his? Oh, come on, man. You know what I mean? It's like you know how many buttons I have to push and like thingamadoodles I have to do, and then I have to keep. PLSs are a pain in the butt, right, Nastas?
3: Mark won't even use it.
1: Yeah, lucky. That's how I was <laughs> at Booker and Dax. Now I yeah. I have to work, dude. I have had to for the past like three nights. I've had to work the floor, at the at existing conditions. I. I hate working <laughs> I, the floor. I <laughs> like hate it. I told it. you we were gonna do it. Yeah, right. I was imagine Nastasia. I'm really, hey, order order something through. or don't. It's all yeah. the same to me. No, I can go back into that mode.
2: No. Yeah, I, yeah, huh? I was I was amused to see you in um, front of house.
1: Oh my god. Yeah, I just not feel, a natural fit for you, man. I feel unsafe. Yeah. It's like it's this is like the whole thing, like, you know, like hanging out in the kitchen, I feel safe. Hanging out behind the bar, I feel yeah. safe. But I, uh,
2: Front of house is all about
1: small talk, man. Or like you can do small talk. Or it's like it's like it's like you're like ah, you know what I mean. It's like I don't know. And then like eh, it just it's a nightmare. I just feel completely. I detest it.
2: Can you instruct your servers to never use we?
1: That they have. They didn't okay. use say we. No, no. Wii.
2: no I don't, they never came up. But it's just a little. Oh, we like, had that conversation. Oh my god, it's my biggest thing. How are we doing uh, today? Uh, are we enjoying
1: this? No, that's not I allowed. Think even
4: referring to the uh, restaurant as
1: we—that's not allowed, is it? Yeah, like, no. That's, we that's, we, 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 just,
4: like, we, we don't are fine. That now.
2: You are taking our order, no, but like we
1: we the re- we the restaurant or the we the bar prepare something in a certain way. That's fine. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But we, including people at the table plus the server, is.
1: But it is true that um, I am eating half of your food on the way out. I'm doing. <laughs> I mean, it's, true. it's just you know, yeah. that's just true. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, so yesterday, get this, get this. So you're also totally beholden to the, the your POS system because there is no like the POS system now because we're not in the days of writing things on pieces of paper and yelling them at the at the bartenders or yelling them at the cooks to call the orders in. The POS system is literally how the 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 bartender or the chef is told to cook your cook or make your product, right? So if it takes you a long time, there's a problem with the POS, your stuff doesn't even start getting made until the stuff at the POS system is ironed out. So it's like adding a huge amount to Wh- the ticket time. We're Aloha. We're we're ironing the stuff out. But yesterday
4: I think that's what they use here.
1: Aloha. They
4: tried switching to Square for a couple weeks, and it was like a dismal failure. Apparently, so
1: like Square is one of those things where it like works for 35 seconds. People are like, oh, why doesn't everyone use this? Ah! <laughs> you know, because it breaks.
4: It's all anybody was talking about here for weeks.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because once it breaks, you're toast. So yesterday, for some reason... Aloha was like, you know what, let's wait and see how this whole bar thing works, whether this is going to work out or not. <laughs> For them. For, yeah, before, you know, we let you, I don't know, charge credit cards. Like Maybe you should be a cash-only business until, like, you know, we let you process credit cards. You know what I mean? So we're like, oh, crap. So we had to do what's called offline processing. So for those of you that don't know, if the Internet's, if the series of tubes known as the Internet's goes down, you have to process the credit cards offline and then everything has to be reconciled within 24 hours, right? So otherwise, the person who you charge can be like, I don't remember going to that bar. You know what I mean? And then you're out all the money. So what happens is, is like we're like, okay, 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 okay. This thing's gonna be working within twenty four hours. We're gonna swipe offline, and when you swipe offline, by the way, you have to press the button like eighty five times. Tell a manager, tell a manager that your system doesn't work. Yeah, no crap. Every time I swipe, it, the manager tell the manager, I am the goddamn manager. <laughs> <laughs> like,
4: <laughs> you know, are the manager. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean?
1: It's like anyway. So like, we're swiping it in, and then Aloha oh was like, God. Aloha was like, you know what? This charge is more than $100. Maybe it's a fraud. And then it was declining. All of the offline charges over $100. So all the four tops, like anyone that was like, you know, having more food or, or beverage at their party over $100. And it was just bouncing them. So we were running people's cards four and five times. That's, And they don't understand POS, so it's super embarrassing for the guest, right? So, like, you're coming, you're paying, and, like, all your credit cards are getting declined. You think maybe this is, like, some sort of, like, you know, a movie situation where your identity's been stolen or, like, Glenn Close is going to come murder you or kill a rabbit (laughs) or something. (laughs) Oh, my God. And it's, like, you're, like – and so, like, it's super embarrassing. So, after the fourth time, we were just being, like, it's on us. We really apologize. Come back again. And then we had to give them the – Yeah, our comps were banana llamas because the. the But would it run the
3: the ticket even without processing?
1: Yeah, because we run the ticket beforehand (laughs) and then we close it at the end and then it Mm. declines it, so we hit comp it out. So, like. Don runs, like, you know, basically through the, jumps through the window outside so he can get on the, on the, uh, on the phone. They thankfully picked up the phone, and they're like, oh, yeah, has to be on $100. So then this is the idiots what? we looked like. We had to sit there and split everyone's check up into sub $100 increments and run their card like that? four or five times. And then you're at the table, they are like, wait, 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 wait. So, did you charge me like 23 times? i we like, no. Let me get no. my glasses
2: out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah.
1: it's like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. The POS doesn't work. Where'd your moaks? You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's yeah. a whole thing.
2: Oh, geez.
1: And nobody likes for their check. They, look, as soon as they ask for the check, they want it to be quick, smooth, and clean. That's all That's people right. want. They got clean. They want to get out. You know what I mean? Ugh.
2: So, what? why is it that it, you had to go under 100? Is, because it change, was set at that, set that, that way? setting, oh, set geez. that way.
1: You know what I mean, and that's not something we can change or knew about. That's a that's feature. Crazy. Yeah. Do you
3: have the number and all that stuff to call the emergency number? With Don
1: him? has it. I mean, Don's going to tails the cocktail. So if any of you want to see a real a real poop storm, oh
3: man, <laughs> Peter, we should go back.
1: Yeah, yeah, come like next Monday or Tuesday night. <laughs>
3: I can help
4: you serve, Dave. Let's go and just cause trouble. Dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. Quick,
1: uh, come and cause trouble. <laughs> no, Nastasia. Imagine Nastasia's. I'm a great death... server. Oh, Nastasia is the worst at understanding what she's good and bad at. All right. <sighs> then Get, I Peter, Peter. Be,
3: I shouldn't be teaching your son anything,
1: I guess. <laughs> that, that's Maybe not what he said. I didn't, say somewhere your, somewhere I didn't say you're bad at everything. <laughs> I didn't say you're bad at everything. I said that, like, okay, here's the other story. I've told this many times on the air. Nastasia comes up to me Dave, I'm really good at darts. I'm like okay I do like oh, I know the Dart story. Yeah, I'm like okay. Nastassia. We all know. All right, Here we go, it. greatest hits. Yeah, I'll say it. I'm like, it's the classic thing people can understand right away. She has no sense of whether she's, like, she thinks she's good at certain things. If I care, you know that. If I care, I do well. You seem to, you seem to care enough about darts. You didn't talk to me for, like, three days after that, <laughs> the Dart incident.
3: That was our, She's uh, like,
1: you barely beat me. I was like, yeah, but I also suck. <laughs> That's when you gave me my review. What? Or no. I, yeah. That's the day that, like... Mm-mm. I irritated your friend, oh yeah. yeah, didn't say goodbye, right? Yeah, I yeah, didn't say goodbye. <laughs> and then, and Nastassi was so mean. It, Nastassi was like, he didn't not say goodbye. He just doesn't know you exist. He didn't. oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my God. yes. <laughs> way back in the day. He just
4: doesn't yeah. think you're worth the air that you breathe. He's
1: like he's like <laughs> you didn't he didn't even know you were here. It's us. like it's oh, like, you know, oh. by the way, heritage radio as a as a uh, a bar warming gift has gotten uh, gotten us a fern. A fern, because it's a low-level plant, that is planted in a replica of the Heritage Radio container studio. Super cute. It's adorable. Yeah, it's that's great.
3: Yeah. We yeah. keep ours, oh
1: wait, we don't have one. Zing. Uh- <laughs> 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 uh, uh, <laughs> yeah.
4: right. Anyway. Hey, you want to take a call?
1: Yeah, sure, call or you're on the air. Hey, Dave and the crew, how you doing?
5: How you doing? Well, this is AJ from Charleston, South Carolina. I came across hey. something new the other day I wanted to ask you about mm-hmm. Carbonated salsa. Okay. Have you heard of No. <laughs> uh, I had a jar of paste salsa verde um, in my fridge, and it was well within its expiration date, but it had been open for about a month. Um, and when I fridge, uh, opened it up, I didn't hear any, like, fizzing or anything, but I poured into the dish, everything seemed normal. When I tasted it, I had a really light alcohol taste. Right. Um, and when I looked at it it had the actual bubbles coming up and then as I ate it again the um alcohol was had like that bite of carbonation. So it was actually pretty like dense. Um so first off I wanted to ask if this is something you would think is safe and I did have two bites of it um before deciding maybe I should think about this. Um, How but it, it taste. tasted perfectly fine and yeah. it tasted um actually better. I liked it that way.
1: Yeah. Uh, wait, so now, uh, your phone cut a little bit out. So it had been opened and then put back in your fridge? Yes.
5: So it had been opened in the refrigerator for about one month.
1: Well, I'm surprised that the, uh, Pace Corporation doesn't put, um, benzoate or some sort of stabilizer in it to prevent yeast from going. Was it, do it taste more yeast or does it taste more lactic acid?
5: Uh, more lactic acid.
1: Yeah. So I'm surprised that, uh, I'm surprised they didn't put something to stabilize it in, but I mean I guess kind of kudos i years ago I did a uh fermented salsa where I uh did a lactic acid pickling of the tomatoes and they got like a little a little fizzy and then used that to make a salsa and I thought it was delicious, I loved it, yeah,
5: you know it, what I mean it was like, really tasty,
1: yeah, I thought it was really, really good. I've never seen it sold in a store uh but look you know, i <laughs> that acidity, at the acidity level of tomatoes, um, you know, most salsas are fairly acidic. Uh, anything that grows in that, and they're also, you know, somewhat salty, ain't none of that stuff going to kill you. So if you like the taste of it, I mean, I'd say go for it. Unless it was moldy. Mold, you know, mold. No, it
5: wasn't. Yeah. I always check for that. Mm-hmm. I don't think, uh,
1: uh, I don't think the stuff that's growing in that is going to harm you any. In other words, okay. I'm not, I'm not a, a, uh, a, a, food safety microbiology expert but at my house if I like the taste of it I'd eat it
5: gotcha and then to go along with that is there a reliable way you think to repeat that um, just like on its own or do you think if I want to actually do that I should dope it with some um, uh, cultures or lactic acid or whatever to simulate that again
1: yeah the latter I would uh, you could like if you have any a good way to get like a I mean obviously every medium is a little bit different but, like, before, if I want to kickstart something, if I have some sauerkraut, some, like, un, unpasteurized, like, live sauerkraut in my, or mm-hmm. whatever, in your kitchen that you like, uh, you could, like, dope a little bit in just to get it started. Although, a lot of times, th- those cultures are in pretty bad shape by the time you're in, they're in your fridge because they're not, like, hyperactive. But mm-hmm. it's probably better than nothing. You know what I mean?
5: Okay. Yeah, or if I start some fresh sauerkraut and then uh, just add some in next time I make it.
1: yeah. I mean, okay. well, the one thing that I would say is that um, salsa salt levels aren't like as high usually as kraut, so I don't know how stable a lactic versus other like, stuff you're going to get in it. You might get other ancillary yeah. stuff, but as long as lactic takes over, I don't think you're going to have anything um, from a health perspective negative growing in it. You might have off flavors in it, but I don't think you're going to have anything that will you know, take, you, take you or your family out.
5: Okay, so if I go by my senses, I can trial and error and try maybe make it again.
1: I mean, someone on the, uh, you know, Dave, uh, see whether anyone out there disagrees with me on the on the thing. But tomatoes specifically are high acid, and in salsa, you're also typically adding more acid in the form of lime and salt. Um, mm-hmm. I don't particularly think the the chilies are going to have, or or the, or the alliums are going to have any major, I mean, I have some, but major bacteriostatic effect on it, although I know that alliums do have some bactericidal stuff, but I don't think enough to um, trust to stabilize your your product. Um, So, but, I mean, they're a minor component. I would say it's mainly tomatoes, acidic, Mm -hmm. and salt, good, and, you know, lime, good. You know what I mean? So I'd say Mm -hmm. I would eat it. If it tastes good, I would eat it.
5: Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your help. I'm still enjoying the show after years. You're
1: ah, doing great. Thanks. Well, thanks for thanks for listening.
4: Not me. I'm getting yeah. disillusioned.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have a good one, guys. Bye. Yeah. bye. Yeah. You know what? Was <laughs> the, it the thrill the, is The gone.
2: breaking point was when when Dave Arnold slammed your um, your dietary choices. What was it?
1: What?
4: I can't remember what it was.
0: What His
1: choices? By the way, oh, the, I'm a little loopy today. Loop. So if I answer things crazy, I'm, I don't have very much sleep. Uh, this is
2: an opportune time. Oh yeah. Oh me me.
1: I'm not me, me, me. This is the sound. This, this sounds is okay. Boop, boop, when I convinced boop, 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 to Dave about, oh, I've been working so hard. I didn't say I was working Dave's hard. Response is always- I didn't say I was working hard. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been watching Westworld. I've been yeah. watching Westworld. Yeah. I haven't been working, just Westworld. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Me, 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 me. You guys suck. I, one
2: point, I, at one point, at one point, I think I, I, I sent you the Beaker video. Yeah, <laughs> I don't me, know. me, 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 me. Yeah, so good. <laughs> me, 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 me.
1: So, uh, See, so yeah, at I'm like, oh, Nastasia only got two hours sleep. Oh, must be nice. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's the classic old-school chef thing. Yeah. You're like, oh, my God, I, I pulled them. a 14-hour. I'm a always doing worse oh, than you. Because I go, must be nice, <laughs> half day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're the worst people in the world. Yeah. We really are. It's like this is one of the things that needs to go away. It's like we're talking about, like, hiring uh, – Hiring host, we really have to staff up. We're understaffed. We thought we could pull it off with fewer staff. And there, you know, look, when, you're, when, you're, when a large portion of your staff is in the tip pool, it's not so much saving the house money that's the most important, although obviously the house wants to save money, but you don't want to water the tip pool down too much because then it's not good for your crew, and you can't get the same caliber of people to stay because they don't get the same take-home. Anyway, uh, I don't know where I got to So you so,
3: need my
1: Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, they're 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 in the in the process of, of, uh, of staffing up now. I don't know where I even started with that. I don't even know where, I don't even know how I got into that. That's right. how that's how that's how I did it. But the um, me, 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 me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. me 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 me. All right, let's yeah, take
4: no. a quick break so you can like recover a little bit.
1: All right, all I right, all right, all right. so the though. boy. So the thing, <laughs> oh, the, so no, the, the, the thing about again. the thing about the thing about it is is that have
4: you already told the meatball story,
1: this I is what no. uh, <laughs> you know. What jerks, jerks, jerk, jerk. jerk. Eat antelope, poop, and die, jerk. That's another Wesley <laughs> Willis quote, like, slightly uh, slightly made nicer. Um, but honestly, it's such a, in a way, like, hard business. We were talking about hiring the host, and we're like, what is a living wage for someone? Like, this person, typically the host is not in the tip pool, right? Uh, for a lot of places, they're not in the tip pool, although Booker and Dax, they were in the tip pool. But, like, how much, like, they need to be, like, a smart, friendly, like, you know, well-dressed person like what does that require they have to live in New York it's crazy I don't know how like you know I don't know
2: the whole industry doesn't I don't know how the
1: industry doesn't work and that's how you get this dumb stuff where someone's like and and like the mess. other mess up thing is that like we're all, all on the clock so now we must be paying OT out of our ears I don't know what it is but it's like it's like back in the old days when people weren't following any labor laws or anything like that especially on the cook side right or so I was like, yeah, they literally beat each other into the ground and make fun of each other for being reasonable. And it's not cool. But on the other yeah. hand, like, you can't charge more for what you're doing because, like, the market is what the market is. And it's one of the things about the industry that I don't know when push comes to shove, how it, how it's going to yeah. sort out. like. I just don't know how it's. I don't know how it's going to work on a, on a fine dining or a, like high end bar or any of this where service is important. Like, how can you make it work without just grinding people into the is earth? Is it
2: just that the rents are too damn high? Yeah. Uh,
1: are you a member of the rent is too damn high party? By the way, yeah. people who have never been to New York, there's literally a political party here called the rent is too damn high.
2: Because honestly, I mean, that's like the one thing you could. I don't know. I mean, because yeah, I don't know where the breaking point is. Yeah. Restaurant owners are not making money. Staff are not being paid anything. Customers are unhappy with how much they're paying. Well, the so.
1: restaurant owners, I think, like, if you get, it, I mean, like, I think it really depends. I think the problem is is that you try to staff up to do a good job and it's labor that eats through your yeah. your your budget. So if, if you can, that's why bars are so genius because a lot of the labor pools in the tip which is slightly cheaper for us to run and your margins are better. So bars are a lot easier, I think, than restaurants. I think people overestimate... You know, on restaurants, how much you know money you can actually extract out of that business. That's why yeah. the old joke says, "You, yeah, you want to you want to make, make a small pile of money, start with a bigger pile of money, and open a restaurant." <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, yes. <laughs> like uh, Heard that but, a million times. Oh, I know. It's yeah, whatever. But like, um, I mean, bars are bars are are easier, but I mean, a lot easier. You can if you get your numbers right. It's all about getting your it's all about getting your numbers right. All right, we'll take a break, Dave. Come back. I'll recompose myself. We'll come back with more cooking Thank issues. You. <laughs> so I got some. Uh, I got some steel cut oats from uh, Bob's Red Mill. Uh, those of you who are in the Cincinnati area might call that. I. Uh, what do they call that? Pinhead oats, I think. And what I like about them, any kind of c- uh, cracked grain cooking, right? So you think about your grits. Your steel-cut oats. What's nice about them when they cook up is they retain uh, their grain texture, but because they're cracked, they also get a nice kind of porridgey uh, texture. So if you if you like grits, right, uh, you will like the the, the stone-cut uh, oats. Now, what I was doing was really interesting to me. First of all, I'm a lazy sucker, so I like I like to put them in a in a rice cooker. I make the stuff in a rice cooker. You got to be a little bit careful with oats because. Even more so than other grains like uh, corn, oats tend to really boil up in your rice cooker. So it's when it boils up, it's going to hit the, the roof of your rice cooker. But for those of you that have a brain and like Scrapple, Scrapple is delicious, right? But East Coast Scrapple is, is usually... Corn, buckwheat, some other stuff, right? Mixed up with kind of pork trimmings and pork offal, right? And cooked into a block, and then uh, set, and then cut, and then you fry it up. It's delicious. But in the in the, more in the middle of the country, they make a product called goetta, and goetta is scrapple made with steel cut oats. Now you can do a quick, easy version of goetta with Bob's Red Mill uh, steel cut oats by making your favorite kind of meat stock, reinforcing it with whatever meat you want. You don't have to be traditional. Anything you like. You can use sausage sausage, you can use, uh, you know, pork hocks, whatever, cook that down in your broth a little bit, and then in your rice cooker, your slow cooker, make the steel cut oats with Uh, make the steel-cut oats with that broth that you have, right? Make sure it's nice if it's a nice kind of gelatinous broth that's going to help it set up later. Make sure to cook it enough to cook enough water off. That's the secret of kind of large-grain cooking is making sure you add enough water and making sure that as you cook it down, you cook it so that the inside is fully cooked and the moisture level is low enough when you're done that it's going to set back into a solid block. Right after it's done cooking, you can stir in the meat that you've already, you know, pre-cooked off, set it into a block, Cut it and fry it. Go to bobsredmill.com and use the code COOKING25. That's one word, all caps, COOKING25, with the number 2 and the number 5 for 25% off your order. Yeah, and we're back. So, Dave. (laughs) Yeah, that was
4: the never-ending story. Dave, Dave, Dave.
1: Dave, Turns Uh, out I give more cooking (laughs) advice in the commercial than on the show. (laughs) Funny how that works. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... Peter Kim, by the way, pointing out what a low quality individual I am, says, you know, that I came into the studio, said, how are you doing? And immediately put on the headphones.
2: because <laughs> I As
3: Peter was responding. Oh, I know. And like, for, and
2: for me, you know, I'm like, oh, wow, Dave's asked you. me how I'm doing yeah. for the first time in yeah. years. Well, <laughs> well, you asked Dave. I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm fine. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't hear. I can't you know, hear. hear I headphones I can't hear you. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> trying to talk to you with my headphones on. Jerk.
1: So uh, there was a famous homeless guy in New Haven in the late 80s, early 90s called the How You Doing Guy. So maybe I'm like him. That was what he was like. It was like a mantra with him. He's like, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? So maybe I'm the, how you, I'm the new How You but Doing Guy. I, like
2: I said to Dave, at least leave open the possibility of hearing the response to how you doing. That's what I say. That's yeah. That's a rule. Yeah.
1: Yeah? All yeah. right.
2: And you don't have to laugh for stand-up comics.
1: So, uh, <laughs> uh, don't get me started. Do you know that anyway. we've had that argument at the bar, at not at my bar, but at other people's bars yeah. so many times, and there's always a split uh-huh. yeah, yeah. among whether you whether there is a social obligation to at least look mildly entertained when you're watching a stand-up comedian. A small
3: smile. Show it, Dave. <laughs>
1: That's all it takes, Peter.
3: I I gotta take
1: a photo. That's That's all it takes. That's all it takes. (laughs) So I was
2: just telling Dave that I was up in uh, Quebec and Montreal. And I was asking what he thought about Montreal-style bagels.
1: And I used what Peter did to uh, obliterate a college student once. And they're like, they took Peter out to dinner. And they're like, how do you like your dinner? And his (laughs) response was... no, no, no,
3: no. They said, this is the best restaurant in our town. We're so proud of our food.
1: And what do you think of it? And he goes... Overcooked and under seasoned Classic And then <laughs> And then the kid on the other side goes So how do you get into this business He's like don't
4: <laughs> took, took a long drag on his cigarette yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And crushed it out in the he's kid's like, eye He's like
1: well, I, he's like, I don't I don't sense you have the moxie <laughs>
2: I was like, well what, if, well, what do you want to do in the industry? He's like, I just would like to cook at Noma or something like that. Yeah,
1: that's true. That is true.
3: He did say
1: that. Come on. Uh, I won't even repeat what the chef, Chris Lee, said to someone in the kitchen. <laughs> say it, because it's, no,
3: it's a food show.
1: N- no, it was it not appropriate, and it should not be the kind of thing that's said to people in the kitchens. Yeah. <laughs> but it was the equivalent of, well, I can't even. I so can't. anyway,
2: Montreal bagels overcooked. <laughs> and under season. yeah why well, add salt what's under a, in particular what,
1: what's the deal with the no salt yeah. by the way people 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 if you own some sort of bagel chain I was at a bagel chain I won't like throw them under the bus because while there is while there's life there's hope right you can change yeah don't put salt you know rock rock salt bagel, bagel salt pretzel salt on their everything bagels yeah the hell is that
2: yeah
1: everything includes salt it also includes, you know, dirt and, and you know, stars right. and everything. But, like, there, everything right. in bagel sense means the onion crap, the garlic crap, the sesame crap, the poppies, and salt. With salt. Like, clearly. Yes. So, if you don't salt your everything bagel.
2: And do it on both top and bottom of the bagel.
1: Well, that's interesting I like to have on in everything I like top and bottom but if I eat a salt bagel which is what when I was a kid was my favorite bagel I like the fact that one side's a little less salty right. well, I
2: want some I salt I think for everything though top and bottom but and I don't understand I just don't understand a Montreal bagel with no salt although I will say bizarrely probably my favorite bagel in New York City is a Montreal bagel but made in New York City
1: well, there I is. like black
2: seed bagels a lot.
1: They add salt.
2: They add salt. But yeah. they cook it like in the wood oven, like in Montreal, which I think is a good combo.
1: Yeah, I have never eaten a bagel in Montreal. I haven't been in probably 20 years, and I didn't have bagels the last time I was there. How was Montreal? How was the food?
2: Food is amazing, man. Food is absolutely amazing. And we arrived at this really short two, like, four-week season of this berry called the Camarese berry. If you heard about this, no.
1: What's it related to?
2: Uh, it looks like a blueberry, but the inside doesn't look like a blueberry. It's it sort of like? an elongate, elongated blueberry, and the inside has like re- a lot of little small seeds in it, and it tastes like a blueberry, but crossed with like a blackberry and a raspberry, and Whoa. it's really soft.
1: A blueberry is an actual berry, and a raspberry. Is a multiple aching, so yes. which which taste, is it? But I'm telling you that it
2: tastes. <sighs> but I can tell you that it tastes like both that and the other thing.
1: Even though they're both not berries. Kid, you're a punk. You're yes. never gonna make it to Noma.
3: Although well, right. no, to be fair, that was the day that Peter walked in on you.
1: Oh, oh God, geez, we're Louise. not talking walked about in this. in on Move you on. doing what? The best day of my life. Move on. There's no
4: need to talk about this. The look, best
2: look, day. Go on. Go on. Most people cannot specify the single best day of their life. I actually, just life. that single best day. She nearly peed herself laughing. I'll, I'll
1: her. give you look, if people who have actually listened to God help you, but people who have listened to the, like <laughs> all of the episodes of this show have heard this story probably at least twice. I'll give you the very quick synopsis. Oh We're going God. up to give a talk, the three of us, museum-related talk. Uh, and on the way up, Peter Kim, <laughs> Dave Drone. Peter Kim, yeah, Peter Kim is in the back, like trying to say he's on an important call to a newspaper that that's irrelevant. the equivalent of the Penny Saver. I'm just building it up, and so Nastasya and I start making fun of him. <laughs> For doing this long interview, that he was real bent about with the with the penny saver, which is like you know like Craigslist on paper. Yeah. Relevance yeah. to the wait, story. Wait. No, no, I'm just building it up. Then Peter Kim buys an egg salad sandwich at a gas station. <laughs> a
2: fine and, choice.
1: And thought that the green was somehow Jeez. green eggs and ham food coloring instead of the mold. This is the, the basis of a Futurama episode. That he I was believe. eating eating on the way up, and he's like, "What? You don't eat? Like what? Oh, you what? Mister,
2: if it tastes good, I'll eat it.
1: Hold up." <laughs> Not mold, and then, and not at a gas station. They're like, "Well, we found this one in the bathroom, so we restocked it." Anyway, so then, then we go up there, and like, I'm real tired for whatever reason. Peter, me, and, I me, me, me. Peter and I are sharing a room. Peter and I sharing a room, and. No, not you, Peter. <laughs> You have your own room. <laughs> yeah, 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 So anyway, so sure. I go in, and I think the door is automatically closing. I need to hit the bathroom because, of course, I'm driving. So I go in there. My door doesn't automatically close. Nastassi and Peter try to come up. I don't know what the hell they' are giving I, you your luggage. Yes. Luggages. G- yeah. So I'm like, I. so I'm like, but I had both doors open because I ran into the bathroom oh, and the door is open. Oh my and God. so, like, they come into the thing, and I'm like, and I can see there's horrible. a mirror. It's like you can see it's almost like a mirror. So I'm like, I'm like, put the, put the suitcase in and close the door. And Peter hears, closer. No,
3: no Peter said, no. what did he say? No. And I said, I think he said closer. No, it was <laughs> yeah. close the door,
2: close the door. And I thought you were saying closer. Closer. I put your... Lo- well, we were walking down the hallway up so to your he room. Brings the luggage we're bringing, into the we're bringing bathroom. your luggage. We're walking up to your room. And he was His like, hotel room door, door is out. open, a, so we're a like, jar, Dave, a jar. open all open, the way. Dave. So we're we like, you are were you were okay, dead. Dave? Like, it's not normal to have your hotel room door so wide Peter open. So Peter
3: brings the so luggage like, into the bathroom. <laughs> no, I don't bring it into the bathroom. Dave's I, like, get the fuck out. I, <laughs> <laughs>
2: And yeah, there was a moment of sheer you locked terror. Eyes, right? she, we locked eyes. In the eyes.
1: mirror. And, um, and then, and then later that evening, it's, it's, Peter was in such a bad state of mind. That's when he crushed those kids at that dinner.
4: Oh yeah. Was Peter was like, "Oh, now never bring sense. it all makes
3: Never bring it up. No, and um,
4: <laughs>
2: Nastasia is on the floor in the hallway, just.
4: I've never seen her so happy as she is right
1: now. Right now now
2: she's so happy. Happy She's smiling like crazy. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Brandon
1: writes in, I recently (laughs) received a bottle of amylase from Modernist Pantry to use with my spins. However, I'm having a hard time finding recipes and procedures online or in the manual. Could you break down a few of her favorite applications? Thanks, Brandon. No, uh, I have not yet figured out uh, the best thing. Look, here's the problem. Like with pectinex enzymes, there are multiple different uh, pectinase enzymes but we've pretty much honed in on the most kind of broad spectrum one that does kind of what we need. It's Pectinex Ultra SPL. The issue with amylase, and I'll take a look at Modernist Cuisine, uh, Modernist uh, website to see which specific one they're, they're carrying. But the, the enzymes that you're using for breaking down amylases are a wide different range of ones. So there's the ones that are typically just used. There's alpha and beta amylase. They're used in, in brewing, and they take they do different things, right? So in pectinex, you're kind of just chopping pectin up, but even the standard brewing ones, some enzymes cut in the middle of a starch uh, molecule, and some start on the ends and break themselves um, break it down in, in units. They, they function in different ways, but it's even further complicated by the fact that the assumption with brewing enzymes is that all the starch has been cooked, right? So you're boiling, uh, sorry, you're you're. You're cooking the starch off and then and then converting it. So when you're doing like potatoes or anything like this, when you're when you're uh, making like vodka or whatnot, you cook the starch, then the amylase enzymes can attack the starch, right? They can't beforehand. So there's all different kind of amylases that are used at different points. They have different, Uh, tolerances to heat different requirements for heat some of them you need to heat up so i don't yet have a good recipe but i have a bunch of different enzymes i'm working with we're working on it i don't yet have a good recipe for take this potato add this enzyme do this and it will go clear i'm first before i even worry about that what i'd like to be able to do is knock the starch out of let's say Oh, I have an apple, but it's got a little starch in it. How do I knock it out? I have carrot juice. It's got a little starch in it. How do I knock it out? I've got, you know, pick your product that has a little starch. Bananas other than Cavendish that aren't ripe, uh, that are ripe. There are, there are, for instance, very ripe bananas that still have a fairly high starch content and won't clarify, but because they are different varieties. They just retain residual starch. How do you clarify them? Don't know yet. I'm working on it, but as soon as I know... I will tell you, and hopefully, I can work on it. You know more after the bar's up and running. Um, John writes in, "Hello, Cooking Issues Team, greetings, and sending my love from Manila, Philippines. I'm a new fan and listener. I'm listening my way up, starting from the first episode. I'm currently on episode ten. Uh, so, apologies if this question has been asked. Oh man, do you have a long, nasty road to home, my friend? <laughs> ten. Yeah. Imagine that's ten.
4: like that's like the opposite of having a present to open.
1: Yeah, yeah, Listening yeah. To all these new episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, it's like, a, it's like a punishment. I once did an art piece where it, it was a remote control, and people controlled hitting me in the face with this machine. And I was trying to box it and hit buttons to disable it. So that's how I would win. So you were just having a remote control pad, and you were trying to strike me, a physical human being, with this kind of like, you know, punching robot. And then I would have to like be able to go in and punch it to disable it before you hit me in the face so hard that I quit. That was how it worked, and it was mean. It was like a long pipe with like a like a piece of styrofoam on the end of it that would spin around and just hit me in the face, and then a jab thing. Right? Uh, where the hell am I going with this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Long road
2: to hoe, watching yeah, yeah, yeah. episode oh. ten. Yeah. So this
1: is like that. It's like it's like it's like you know hooking yourself up to the punching machine, right? Yeah. You keep going. Yep. And why did I do that? Why did you know, Or like
2: the video you made of uh, yourself with uh, in an elf suit. Doing yeah, that. but
1: I wasn't actually getting hit there. I just yeah. jumped into a pillow and green screened myself getting wood chipped. I don't know if you know this, Peter, but I did not actually jump into a wood chipper. <laughs> that was a cartoon wood chipper. Uh, for, for those of you that don't know, you can look. Uh, I have it on, posted somewhere on the YouTubes. It's called What I'm Thinking About, and it's an old video I did. I need to get one with better sound quality and better picture. I found one. Anyway, there was just basically... If you want to know what's going through my head at any one time when I'm staring off in the distance and have kind of a vacant semi-smile on my face, it's a, just this image of, of a band playing kind of a repetitive tune and me jumping into a wood chipper over and over and over and over and over,
4: and
1: over again. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, Manila, Philippines.
2: Oh, nice. Uh, Good find. Nice. <laughs> this is Dave's head.
4: This is completely terrifying. Kill me. Kill me. Kill me.
1: Saturday, going to be at the bar. What? Jack. Shram? No. Yeah. What? No. Jack Inslee? Mm-hmm. Jackie Molecules is coming to the bar?
2: Ooh, nice. Hey, what's up? This is Jack Inslee.
1: <laughs> wow. You're quick on the board, my yeah. friend. I like that. Nice. Hey. <laughs> so I'm interested in making a... This is back to John in Manila. I'm interested in making a rum cocktail with coconut milk flavored gelato. Ideally, it would be something like a piña colada. Now I have the piña colada song going through my dang head. If you like piña coladas, yes, and then they p- just don't end up getting, getting don't 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 do it. Don't do it. Is that one of
3: those songs that you think about? Like you do all the other stupid songs.
1: No, only when someone says piña colada, which people no, no, don't no, say to no, me. No, either. like
3: the story behind it.
1: And getting caught in the rain.
3: No, like how they eventually end up together. Oh, do they? No,
1: I don't know that. I, I don't know the whole. I don't know the whole thing. I, know whole thing. I just know something making an ad, love after midnight.
3: What? They put an ad out, and then they realized
1: that it was husband and wife, same ad. Wait, is Nastasia talking to me about a story song? <laughs> yes. Wow. You know what? I th- I must be having a stroke. Like I damaged my neck the other <laughs> day. You're actually I conscious
2: have- on the floor of existing yeah. right now. I'm
1: in Westworld. I'm like, is this real? Is this yeah. the- is this the future? Is this the past? <laughs> yeah. Like you know, I don't have feeling in my right arm, and Nastasia is talking about a story song. Like, yeah, yeah. His life, life as I know it is is not the same. Anyway.
0: Hell yeah! Rolling <laughs> Stones, street fighting man, G. 7 oh.
1: You just
5: hit wow. G eight. If you like piña coladas.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yep. Days on the board going going on fire wow, on the board. Wow. Shorty fire burning on the dance floor. Um, I'm making. Okay. Uh, last, last one. So uh, it's putting gelato in a blender and then shaking it with the juice and booze, the best way to prepare it texture-wise. No, just add everything to the dang blender. Why are you blending the gelato and then shaking it? Just put the whole Megillah into the blender, as if you're going to have a blender at the bar anyway, right? Just put the whole sucker in the blender and do it, right? Do it. Don't you think, it's Yeah. <clears throat> do, do you like smoothie drinks, like milkshake uh, milkshakey drinks? Here's what I'm going to say about this. Uh, you you're gonna have Harold McGee. What? Uh, okay, <laughs> Jesus. All right. What are we gonna say, Stas? Go yeah, ahead. Sure. Go ahead. I do. Go ahead.
4: I do. That. Go ahead. You do? <laughs> yeah.
1: For real?
3: Some.
1: Here's the problem. I really
3: like your Italiano-Stelliano.
1: Oh, that's good, but but I'll talk about that. So, is putting the gelato in a blender and then shaking it with the juice and booze the best way to prepare it? Will adding saline solution or rock salt change the texture? Yeah, because if you add that, it'll be real salty, but it'll also melt faster if you add enough. Any other hazards I have not thought of, John? Here's what I would do. Look, if you're going to make a cocktail, you're going to destroy the texture of the gelato. I'm assuming you're not talking about a, a float, right? I'm assuming that John's not talking about a float. He's talking about an integrated mixture. When you add alcohol to gelato or ice cream or whatever, like, let's say, let's say you were doing, like, the classic Bailey's milkshake, which, you know, that's what Peter, that's what Peter puts down every night to, to get himself to bed. Bailey's. Feeds the baby the milk and then pounds a giant Bailey milkshake directly out of the blender pitcher, just like... <laughs> anyway. Daddy's nightcap. Yeah, oh my God. He's like, oh, nom, nom, nom. Bailey's. Anyway, so, like, if you what? add... The problem with adding too much alcohol to ice cream is it melts it ferociously fast, much faster than adding milk. So you can't use a milkshake recipe and do the same uh, thing because the alcohol is going to drastically lower the uh, uh, freeze point of your mixture. So you can, it's better in a lot of ways to if you're going to freeze it anyway. Is, as Nastasia says, the way that we make uh, we make our stuff is to just use gelato base. Mix in your uh, alcohol, freeze that as solid as it gets in a bag, and then whiz it in the blender real quick. That's going to be your best texture. But if you actually want it to be a milkshake texture, you're going to have to um, use a real low alcohol content uh, because otherwise it's just going to melt ferociously quickly.
2: Which is why I always look askance at boozy ice cream.
1: And why you just turn into a milkshake and drink it. Or just yeah. eat the ice cream and then just drink, drink some booze. Yeah. Eat the ice cream and drink some booze. Yeah. Or okay. you could do like a root
3: beer float type
1: thing. I like a root beer float. The problem is is like how much foaming it is. It's hard. It's easy at home but in a restaurant scenario. Remember when we used to do remember were you there when we did the uh, we did the uh, balsamic soda fig ice cream no. Mm, float? That's really good. No. That's it, was, good. it was real good. Tasted real good. People are like... You should
3: make the potato
1: ice cream at the bar. So, well, already we have... I mean, like, I could do it as a one-off or, like, when we're doing, like, fun stuff, I could do it, but, you know... All right, let's wrap it up. Okay. Oh, but I... Well, next time, next time. Well, Nastasia's gonna think about this. So I for, already
3: have. For, Don't worry.
1: Do you have stuff to say?
3: No, I'll be better next week.
1: Okay, so Nastasia, Sarah... Sarah is a touring uh, musician, wants to know about... I'll tell her this. She had a question about going to culinary school and being a vegetarian. Um... So the, the, for those of you that, you know, don't know, when you go to cooking school, you have to um, cook a lot of stuff, right? And they teach you to cook meat and, and all, all, you know, all this other stuff. And, yeah, you are tasting a lot of stuff. We had vegetarians uh, who were, and you know, pescatarians, vegetarians, and people who had gluten allergies. Uh, and, you know, there's a variety of people who have different, um, you know, dietary strictures. And, yeah, so any cooking school worth its salt will... Make accommodations for you, uh, based on your dietary restrictions. The only thing I will say is is they might be better or worse at it, so it might more or less harm your education, right? So if you if if they're a good school, they will figure out a way to have you have the same kind of experience. Especially if you can cook it, right? If you if you don't mind cooking it, but just won't eat it. So I definitely say uh, you can go do that, but just make. I'll talk to them about it. Be very frank and make sure that they're going to be honest with you uh, about how your experience will be different from the rest of the people's experience. But if you're never going to cook meat again because you're not going to you're going to be a vegetarian special, then it doesn't really much matter how good you get at cooking meat. Although cooking meat is good practice in cook as one of the things that's cooked because there are other. You know, the cooking school might not cook other meat-like things enough to give you the experience for, for cooking them, other other protein-based things. But I would just have a, a firm talk. Your other question about uh, dealing with sexism in uh, the kitchen, Nastasia said she will think more about it, and yep. we'll talk about it more next week. I hope also next week to finally get in touch with Chris Young about the modernist, uh, the uh, uh, chef steps uh, pickling question that we didn't get to from two weeks ago. Uh, and more about backyard cooking and uh, walk stations and Tandoor's next week. And Japanese knives from Russ Mm -hmm. on cooking issues. Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter.